0: I often say that addiction is the result of not knowing how to find safety inside of yourself. So you find it in something else and understandably you get hooked on it because you're desperate for safety. That's all you're guilty of. Any of you looking to learn more about supporting addiction recovery through a trauma-informed and somatic lens and a nutritional lens, please join me for my Addiction Circle. This is a bi-monthly, entirely free, virtual circle that I invite anyone here to come and join if they want more information. Addiction tends to be so steeped in shame, and I find that doing this work in a community of people helps to destigmatize that shame so you can see how not alone you are in the experience. So whether you are personally withdrawing, preventing, experiencing relapse, or you work with people who are actively addicted or in recovery, all are welcome. The next addiction circle is Tuesday, July 2nd, at 4pm EDT. This meeting is not recorded for the sake of anonymity. No registration is necessary, just join through the link below. On today's episode, I navigate intrusive thoughts. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. Someone wrote in about intrusive thoughts and they're wondering, how do I stop these? How, what do I do about this? And it's such a great question because it's something so many people live with in a painful way. We live with the shame that follows the intrusive thought and we live with the anticipated anxiety of when's the next intrusive thought going to come through. My my personal practice around intrusive thinking is not to stop it, which sounds strange because we think we want to stop the thing that's make, making us uncomfortable. It's our resistance, our identifying with the thoughts. That's what's actually causing the pain, not the thoughts themselves. Before we get there, let's go into digesting this term intrusive thoughts so let's start with the word intrusive uninvited unwelcomed it's a disturbance it's a rupture it feels like a violation because you're not consenting to it thoughts are intrusive by nature thoughts don't ask for our consent thoughts are not politically incorrect They're not bound by the earthly laws of nature or even physics. They don't need to make sense. They just come on in. We don't know where they come from. But we do know that they're not us. Do we know that actually? I don't think we do. That's why this is such a problem for for many of us. So let's start with understanding thoughts don't ask for our permission. No thought does. So if a thought comes in, I love you. Ooh, that doesn't feel intrusive because there's a somatic experience with that thought that creates an expansion, maybe releases some oxytocin or dopamine, and that's a really lovely experience. If an intrusive thought comes in that says they're ugly, ooh, I don't want to be someone to think someone's ugly. I get constricted. I feel guilty. Maybe I have a little shame. So. We wanna understand that every thought that comes in uninvited, as all thoughts do, has a somatic experience attached to it. A somatic experience attached to it just means a sensation is created in my body as a result of the thought. Now, we have thousands of thoughts every hour that we don't even know we're having. Most of them are subconscious. And I believe the subconscious is the soma, is the neck down the place that we aren't consciously seeing or hearing or or visualizing in our minds, right? So if thoughts are coming in that quickly, and they're mostly subconscious, we're also having a ton of subconscious sensation in experience of thoughts that we don't even know we're having. This is how impersonal thoughts are. They're flooding in at light speed. Some of them we notice, some of them we don't. The intrusive ones We tend to notice because they create a huge somatic experience. Why? Because our bodies feel what we think, which means there's this magical nanosecond alchemy where the body actually makes physical something that's being thought, and then we believe it's true. This is why thoughts are so damning to us, because we feel them. And so because I feel, I feel, therefore I am, right? We believe if it's a feeling, it must be true because we don't have practices of self-inquiry or somatic embodiment yet. So we're just walking around with these heavy feelings of constriction and guilt and shame attached to thoughts that we're not even trying to think. They're just flooding in. They're impersonal. So intrusive, right? Now let's move to thoughts. Thoughts, again, these are... They are of ether. We don't know their origin. They're extraterrestrial for all we know. And one thing I love about Byron Katie's work, the work, it's a process of identifying your thoughts and questioning them. So you can start teasing out the personal identification we have with our thoughts. We believe our thoughts are us. So if a thought comes in my mind, that person's ugly. I believe I'm that thought. I'm someone that thinks someone's ugly. No, there's a thought entering my body. That thought thinks someone's ugly. That's not me. So there's this um, practice of becoming the witnesser of our thinking rather than the identifying with our thinking. If we're witnessing our thinking, then as the witness, we get to actually create a relationship to thoughts rather than being the thoughts. This is a big part of my practice and my work. Just like trauma response, just like illness when I was a nutritionist. I'm not my rash. I'm not a diabetic. I'm a person who has diabetes in my body. I'm not anxious. I'm a body with anxiety in my chest. Feel the difference in your body for a moment. Identify the thing you experience, whether it's a physical symptom, an emotional symptom, a thought you're having, and just see how it feels to separate yourself from it, not in a dissociated way where we're numbing out and losing our bodies, but in an embodied way where we're just saying, oh, that's not me. That's something in me. Feel that. I am not high cholesterol the high cholesterol is in my liver and my blood and my heart. I'm not someone who thinks someone's ugly. I'm someone noticing I'm having a thought that says you're ugly. Big difference. Once we can understand, okay, thoughts are inherently intrusive. It's their job to be. They just flood in. They're impersonal. They have nothing to do with me until I believe they're about me. And the thought itself is 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 something that um again is entering my body to try to make sense of something it's an external being really that is coming into me and if i can notice it's supposed to be intrusive that's its nature and it's not me it gets far more scary or shameful when we experience them because we start to realize oh i'm not that thought oh that's a funny thought they're ugly. i <laughs> funny. I don't think they're ugly. Or you look in the mirror. Oh, you look bad today. Oh, that's a funny thought. Do I feel bad today? Do I think I look bad? Hmm. My thought thinks I look bad. I think I look tired. Everything starts shifting. There's this curiosity that starts coming in that says, okay, they're supposed to be intrusive, so I'm not going to resist them. And they're not me, so I'm not going to feel bad about them. I get to relate to them. I get to see them as a guest showing up at my door, knocking on the door. I get to answer the door and kind of check them out and say, oh yeah, come on in. Let's embrace, have some breakfast. I just made something. Or, you know what? I, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't my jam. Actually, there's another house down the street you can check out. If we can see thoughts as impersonally as this example I'm giving, the fear of the intrusive thought will go away and they won't even feel intrusive anymore. They just land softly. The body doesn't react very much to them or it does and you notice the reaction. And then the witnesser enters and the witnesser chaperones these. The witnesser says, oh, hey, thought. The witnesser says, hey, body, you're feeling a lot from that thought. You know, we start mediating. Hey, just to remind you, body, that thought isn't actually you. That's just a thought that billions of people have every day. Let me give you my hand. Let me show you the truth. Let's question this thought. We get into this relationship with our thoughts, our sensations, and we do that through witnessing, through noticing, physically experiencing, I am not this sensation and I am not this thought. So the more we practice that, the less thoughts become scary. We're just not scared of them anymore. We're not worried about them coming through because we know they're not us. So we start to actually get very comfortable with the internal experiences of political incorrectness, of something taboo, something violent, something outrageous. We get comfortable with those aspects of ourselves. We don't have to act them out or suppress them. We get to say, oh, there it is. Yep, I'm looking at you. Oh, see you later. I wanna walk us through an an example of a practice for this. So let's all think about something stressful. Not traumatic, but mildly stressful. Something coming up. Let's say you have a paper due, there's an email you have to write, you have a, a confrontation with someone you have to make that you're afraid to tell them how you feel about something. Something approaching and notice the thought around it. So I'm going to use an example of I have to cancel with this person. Okay. Now the event isn't what I'm focusing on. I'm looking at the thoughts about the event. They're going to be mad. Where do I feel that in my body? So y'all can follow my example or find your own. But find the thought that's being projected onto this event coming up or something that's already happened, the thought that is stressful. Feel in your body where you actually feel that stressful thought. What does it physically feel like? Where does it reside? You might say, my whole body lights up. Okay, where does the light begin? From what point does that light unfurl and take over your whole body? Let's take our hand and place it over wherever we feel the tension or the discomfort attached to this thought and if you can't put your hand there you can if it's at the back side of your body you can press your back into a chair if it's your lower half you can press your feet to the ground or you can just send your breath to this place but let's just be with the sensation first because this is a part of our body that's believing the thought is true and it's feeling some some pain some fear and just notice how it responds to you feeling it how it responds to you seeing it. If you're able to see this sensation right now, to feel it, you're already practicing becoming the witnesser. You're not deeply identified with the sensation and disembodied, but you're able to locate it, which means if I'm locating it, I'm not it. So notice how that feels, to have a little separation between you and the sensation caused by the thinking. Feel into that for a couple seconds. And see, as you feel into that, something in your reality, something in the room around you, another place in your body that feels nice maybe, something beautiful you can look at, something calming, something funny, something exciting. And see where you feel that. That felt sense, that sensation inside of you of the opposite, something pleasant, something warming, something exciting. That's a part of your body that isn't believing this thought. And that's pretty cool, right? So there's a part of you believing this thought, feeling that belief sensationally. And then there's this other part of you, maybe multiple parts of you, that are totally not in the story of this thought, that are feeling really good, that aren't believing this idea that is being thought into your body. Feeling the difference between these two shows you, this is a small localized reaction to an idea, not a reality I'm in right now. And I love this practice so much because it teaches us about this mosaic of our bodies, that all these parts of us feel different things at different times. We tend to homogenize our bodies. I'm anxious when really, oh, this thought is causing a constriction in my chest that I call anxiety, but my stomach feels great, or my legs are relaxed, or simultaneously I actually have this joy in my heart, but the chest muscles are tight. You're really noticing this nuance of the body, that the multidimensionality, the contradictory nature of the body. Very important. This helps us get embodied while the thought tries to hijack our senses. Now is where I love the work of Byron Katie. We go into the thought itself. We notice the thought itself. So I'm going to go back to my thought. They're going to be mad at me. Okay? Byron Katie's work would have us just ask a question to that thought. Is it true? Is it true they're going to be mad at me? And you answer yes or no. Nothing else but a yes or no. I'm going to say yes. I really believe they're going to be mad at me. Second question. Can you absolutely know it's true they're going to be mad at you? Can I absolutely know they're going to be mad at me? i I can't actually I can't i I believe it right now, but I can't absolutely know it, so no, I don't absolutely know they're gonna be mad at me right. What do you feel when you believe this thought that's what we just went through? Oh I get tense, I ignore them, I avoid talking to them, I make up stories about them, maybe I overeat,'m so nervous, I don't get much sleep, and then the fourth question, who would I be? without the thought. So if we go back to the somatic exercise, that other place in you that is looking around the room and feeling something beautiful, feeling the absence of that thinking, that's who you would be without the thought. So you might notice, oh, I'd be relaxed. I'd be happy. I'd sleep. I wouldn't overeat so much. We start to notice with these simple four questions of inquiry of Byron Katie's The Work, how we can just identify a thought and gently question it. Not to disprove it. They might really be mad at me. But do I want to live my life in a panic or a constriction until the moment of them being mad at me? No, I want to wait till they're actually mad at me and then relate to it. Okay? So the more we question these thoughts and we play with these, we start to notice a thought is just as impersonal and impermanent as another thought. They love me how do I know? <laughs> they hate me. How do I know? And then we just don't live by our thinking anymore. We live more by our feeling and we live more by relating to what's in front of us, right? I'll, I'll give you a real-time example. I just looked at the clock. I have a meeting in 17 minutes. A thought came in, Luis, you better wrap up. And I felt tension in my stomach, right? Okay you think I better wrap up. That's fine. You can think that up. I'm going to enjoy myself a little longer here. Ah, <laughs> the stomach just releases. I feel present with you again, whoever you are. <laughs> That's the nature of these podcasts. You're you're a mystery person, persons to me. Uh, and I'm here again. I'm not being taken away from my body with the thought that I better wrap up. So intrusive thoughts stop being intrusive when they don't disturb us anymore which somatic work and embodiment can help us with and when we understand we are not our thoughts and we actually have the ability to create a relationship with our thoughts and our bodies and our thinking we don't take them personally so we don't feel the shame we don't anticipate in fear of the next one coming in and we just get much more kinder with ourselves and others we're not as afraid of even the wrong thing being said because we learn how impersonal these things are and how we get to learn through relating with them. So at this point in my life, I should say I used to suffer from intrusive thinking a lot. And I've worked with a lot of clients who who quite um, to the detriment, some of them, even their lives, you know, taken their lives because the thoughts were so hard to be with. And it's such a Powerful trick of this human body and this human experience—that we feel our thoughts, because that's what makes them seem so real. As we start to uncouple the feeling from the thinking, and the thought from the reality, we start to really notice it's—it's it's this kind of trick, it's this sick joke or fun joke, however you want to put it—that uh, happens in our bodies, and it can create a lot of despair and a lot of pain. So the more we practice this, the less we fear our thinking, the the quicker we are to meet our thoughts with curiosity, and the more we even learn about ourselves. And I want to add one more thing to that before I close. What I love about thoughts now is they actually show me what I'm looking for. So for instance, if I'm thinking I really want to go to the beach... If I notice the sensation about imagining being at the beach, I might feel this huge relief over my body. I might notice, oh, there's no responsibility there. I get in touch with these needs that my mind paints a picture of the beach meeting. But if I can't go to the beach right now, I'm escaping my reality for this concept of the beach. But if I learn, oh, the beach is symbolizing no responsibility, or it's bringing me this joy in my body to imagine being there, or I get to wear less clothing, or I get to swim. I can find other ways to meet those needs. I don't have to go to the beach. So it actually brings me in a deeper relationship with where my body is now and what it's needing and how it's painting the picture, asking, requesting its need through an image or a thought or a fantasy. Same is true for a quote, negative thought. They're going to hate me. I notice my body constrict. I notice me not want to do a webinar. I notice me want to cancel my events I have. Okay, there's a part of me that wants a break. So the thought comes in to constrict me and pull me away from these responsibilities I have. How can I give myself a break? How can I be gentle with myself? How can I listen to the sensations attached to these thoughts as an invitation to build my capacity or rest and allow my capacity to recover? So When we have these practices, thinking, thoughts become this gorgeous invitation to learn, what do I need right now that I don't even know I need? This thought showing me that. And so the result of all this work is I'm not afraid of my thoughts anymore. I don't identify with my thoughts. I'm not attached to my thoughts. I have fun with them now. I I let them move through me. I let them inhabit my body as they're going to anyway, without resistance or fear. And they come in. They show me something cool about myself and then they move out. And the more we experience them coming in and moving out effortlessly, the more confidence we build and the more trust we have with our own selves and our bodies, that we can survive these thoughts and we can live with them and we don't have to resist them or do anything about it really, except for relate to them and meet them as they come in. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice. What's your body doing right now? Sit with it. Let it speak to you. And let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen. For all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. To learn more about my work, you can visit holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive a weekly newsletter with specific monthly topics, free resources, and upcoming events. You can also follow me on Instagram. If you like my podcast, please leave a review and share. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.